This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Welcome to a Real Man Wood podcast. This is Chris Liss, your host, and I'm joined by my co-host, Dalton Del Don of Yahoo Sports. What's going on, man? How you doing? Uh, yeah, I'm doing all right, but that was a rough loss by my Warriors. Uh, not great. I went to game three. I was there in person, saw a 41 point win, decided not to go. I mean, the tickets are expensive. Didn't, didn't go last night. And, uh, yeah, their first home loss since game seven against the Cavs. They just, they had just set the longest streak ever uh, for the playoffs came to an end. They really blew it there in the fourth quarter. And, uh, looks like I'm gonna have to be ponying up going Saturday night, game six. Hopefully they're up three, two, but Definitely could be down three two. the The run might be uh, might be over here. I'm kind of disappointed. I have confidence still, though. But I know you're not a big hoops guy. I heard your segment with Dre. But do you have any thoughts on, on this? It was a really good game. Finally, you realize among uh, between the two conference finals series, there hadn't been a game inside nine points or something, or, or and none, and all the others. Most the, the margin of victory is like 16, 17 points. So this was a close game, at least. Yeah, I don't really know. I haven't watched enough to make a serious opinion on it. I mean, I think obviously Houston winning one in Golden State is this huge. They can win the series now. They, they got two out of three games remaining at home. But, you know, it's 50-50, I think. I think it's like really 50. Maybe, if anything, the Warriors are like 55-45. Yeah, that's probably the true odds, I'd say. But, yeah, that's close. I mean, Clay's banged up. Iguodala didn't, didn't play. That's a big deal. It's funny that these lines, like, he moved like a half a point or something. And I'm not saying that he's worth 48 points or whatever the difference was. But, I don't know, some that rotations matter. The playoffs are thinner. I don't know. I, I felt like that was a little underrated to begin with. I was really worried when I saw that and he was listed as doubtful and that that mattered. And then Clay suffered an injury immediately. So, I mean, don't ever take any championship for granted. Like, seriously, no matter how loaded you are, like, shit can change on a dime. Yeah. I mean, I have zero sympathy for the Warriors' injuries. It's like they're so redundantly deep at so many different positions. Any other team, if they lost Clay Thompson, that would be like a devastating loss. But... The Warriors still have Durant and Curry to shoot the ball. You know, it's hard to make four straight finals. It's hard to feel bad for anyone team doing that. I yeah. get it. I get it. No, yeah. for sure. But but anyway, it was a good game, and I'm going to be certainly fired up, and uh, and, and I, I'm probably going to be there Saturday night. So uh, so wish me luck, Liz. Fuck no, man. I hope they lose in six. I hope you're there for the for the elimination. I want to want to have an interview about that. Oh you know, yeah, it's always funny because when a, when a guy wins the Super Bowl or whatever, like the 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 question from the reporters always, how does it feel? You know, which is like a stupid thing to say because like the dude is showing you how it feels when he's like dumping champagne over the next person. And, but I, I, they should be like, how does it feel to lose like that? Do you remember that time? And I think we were in, where were we? I think we were in San Francisco, maybe one of those FSTA events. And we both got absolutely wasted the night before. And it was till like four in the morning and you and I had to host the Rotowire show at 8am. I think I know exactly where you're going with this. And you and I were sharing a room and uh, it was like 7.30 in the morning. We had like, you know, a little while to get downstairs, like get some food in us and, and do a yes. two-hour show. And uh, you started vomiting in the toilet. And I was uh, talking to you through the door being, how's that feel, man? How you doing? How, how's that experience right now? Are you enjoying yeah. that? 
Yeah. yeah. That's the kind of, that's the kind of interview I want to have with you uh, when they lose in six after you spent like four grand to go to the game. Yeah. That, that's the kind of friend you are. And also um, it's not just like I was miserable at the time, but you realize my mindset was like, I got to recover and go sit down and like give an interview yeah. and an exemption for like two hours or maybe three hours even, but yeah, that was miserable. Yeah, instead of you, you know, wishing me well, you're like, yeah. How do you feel right now? I still How's remember that feeling. How's that? Is that enjoyable? Is that experience uh, enjoyable? Not I mean, great. I felt horrible too, but it was making me feel <laughs> right. better. Just right. to know yeah, that you were mom. actually throwing up. And yeah, what was, was funny yeah. is uh, John Hansen, who uh, was out with us till the bitter end in, right. that night in San Francisco. This is probably like five years ago. He was on Long. the show after us, so like you know, we went down from like eight to ten, and he arrived at ten, and he saw us finishing up. And he was like, you guys are my heroes because yeah, he was with us. So he knew yeah. where we were. And the fact that we had been there already two hours when he was miserable showing up, that was like, we got yeah, that was actually, deserved yeah. credit for that shit. Yeah, that was funny. Yeah, that was like six, seven years ago. I've been with Yahoo five years now. So yeah, six, seven years. But yeah, that was funny. I, I vividly remember that morning. And uh, those were good times. We found some really good uh, Chinese food uh, places and in, in, not even in Chinatown. Remember that one we took the trolley? Uh, that play yeah, we, yeah, we had that random our, San Francisco. That yeah, was we good. wrote our name on the board, and again, we were the only people, just like the Monterey Park one, the only people in there speaking English. That place was really good. I wish they had more uh, FSTA events there, since I can just drive there. They haven't had one there in a few years, as far as I know. Yeah, I mean, I'm bummed. I have to go to Minneapolis in a few weeks. Right. I mean, yeah, normally I would go to New York. Uh, you know, it's just right. New York. I mean, Minneapolis, I guess, is kind of on the way back, and it, it actually works out a little bit because it's four hours from Madison. So on June 18th, I'm flying through D.C. to Minneapolis, and then I'm leaving Lisbon for the summer, basically, or at least for July, and then I'm spending a few nights in uh, Minneapolis for the FSTA, then I'm driving back with, like, Schuler and Pete to Madison, and then I'm staying in Madison a couple of days, going to the office, you know, hanging out with the guys. It's just good, to, like, for me to see them in person, totally. all the guys who work there, you know? I mean, I, I email with them all the time. Uh, and then I'm flying to, back to L.A. on the 24th, so it's a little annoying. I, you know, last year it was in New York, which is cool. I get to well, see my family. family. Yeah, yeah, you have family in New York, right? Yeah, and it's like more on the way. You're not going like up north and back. But you know, this gets me through Madison, so it kind of works. But yeah, I liked it was in New York. I missed the L.A. one in the winter, which was kind of right. annoying. Yeah, so. yeah, you missed that one. I was there for that. But yeah, I'd, I'd love another San Francisco one. Hopefully, I'm not going to be at that Minneapolis one. But uh, anyway, uh, you got anything else going on? I don't have too many things to bring up to you this week. It feels like. I was going over the news and trying to think of topics, and I try to take notes. Uh, like my boy Larry David, you know, writes down jokes. I have a terrible memory, probably for different reasons than him. Um, but uh, I, I try to. And, right, and you I don't have so much weed. So that's exactly where I was going with, yeah. as opposed to age. Exactly yeah. right. Um, AIDS? But uh, a, as opposed to age, I'm oh, saying he. Like, he doesn't have AIDS. Yeah, not, the, no, not that I know of. My point I was trying to make is uh, I don't have many notes I took uh, down this week to bring up uh, to you. Uh, the national anthem policy, it's kind of boring. I mean, do you care about the NFL thing? Uh, I, one news I just kind of saw this morning is Goodell was saying how all the owners are on board. But I guess my guy, Jed York, who I used to pretty much hate when the whole Harbaugh breakup happened, but he's been kind of different ever since. He was uh, did not. He abstained from uh, one. The one owner didn't. He's like, you know, I'd actually like to hear what the players have to say. Imagine that. What a, what a novel concept. He actually wants to hear what the other people have to say on the topic. So he didn't vote on it, which I like to hear as a 49ers fan. But uh, what, are, what are your thoughts on it in general? My thoughts are the NFL. So here's what happened. Right. So the NFL, 
I don't know how far back, but they decide that they want to be USA. NFL equals USA because that's good marketing. It's an American pastime, just like baseball is like, you know, it's like America's pastime. Well, the NFL is like America. It's the military. They, they always do things with the military. There's like jets flying over. They always have like service members doing some promotion with them. They obviously have the national anthem, both at baseball and all sports, basically, they have national anthem. So they want to associate these games with America. Why would you have a national anthem in a sporting event, two cities from the same country? You're not, you have to sing your anthem. You're playing against another American city. It's not like, hey, we're America. Let's go sing our song. No, it's the same song for both of your asses. You don't need to sing the song. Now, if you're going to play against Canada, so okay. Is, so it is different. You would say it is different when there are two different uh, nations competing. It is well, different. Yeah, because if you're like in the Olympics and shit or whatever, or like you're competing against another country, yeah, like the World Cup or something, maybe that would make sense. Or but what like, about like for like a boxing event or something? I mean, I don't know. I, I just, there, there's nothing. Okay. The NFL is a business. Like, like Yahoo is a business. Like Rotowire is a business. And we're a business. We're American based businesses. We're not more American than the NFL or less American than the NFL. We're just businesses trying to make money based in America, even though I'm in Portugal, obviously. <laughs> to, to, to say, okay, well, no, no, no. We are, no, we're America itself. We have a national anthem. We don't sing the national anthem before a meeting at Rotowire. That what they did was they wanted to make an association for marketing purposes between the NFL and America. Okay, that's what they want to do. And it was smart. People are like, no, the NFL, you know, we, we're all about America. So if you're American and you're in the audience, it makes you feel good about the NFL because it's you. It's America. I want to, I like America. I live in America. I'm for the NFL. That's the whole point of that. Okay, that's fine. Okay, it may be a little specious, maybe a little dubious, but it's fine. It's, you know, maybe a little dishonest, but they did that. So now what you have is a private company, the NFL, that can make whatever rules it wants. So in your private company, you can pretty much make rules. Like if the rule is you got to be in at 8 a.m. and everybody knows the rule and you show up at 9, you can get in trouble for that, right? You can be fined or fired or whatever. It's a private business. If you don't like the rules, you can quit. You don't have to work for that business. So the private business can make whatever rules they want. The problem is when the private business starts starts co-opting America and the national anthem, for its marketing purposes. Now you got a real problem because it's totally legitimate for a citizen to protest the state, what the state is doing. Police violence, that comes from the state. Wars abroad, bombs dropped on people, that comes from the state. It is totally within one's First Amendment rights to protest the actions of the state, which is what Kaepernick was doing, which is what these guys are doing. They're saying, hey, we're not totally cool with what the state is doing. The problem is the NFL is a private business. So breaking their rules, invalid. But protesting the state, obviously valid. So why, so why do we have this problem? We have this problem because the fucking NFL tried to co-opt the state to itself, and now it, it basically has the consequences of being the state because you're allowed to protest America. That's what America's about. You're not allowed to protest in a totalitarian country because you go to jail because it's a fucking totalitarian country. But in America, which is ostensibly free, you can protest. So the NFL, by co-opting the state as part of its message and marketing, has now opened this can of worms while they can't really stop someone from protesting. It's a really bad look. Because you could st- if you're a business and someone's protesting the business, if they're protesting the NFL, then you'll be fired. But if you're protesting the state... That's the NFL really, why the fuck is the NFL, they opened the can of worms. I know why they're doing it, for marketing. But now they're facing the consequences of trying to merge those two ideas. And that's all that's happening. And they should honestly just say, look, 
if we're going to have the anthem, then we open ourselves up to this. If we don't want to have the anthem, then our players just do what the fuck we want because we're a private business. That's the problem. Imagine if before your meetings at Yahoo, they had some sort of prayer, okay? And it was some sort of prayer in a very specific type of Christianity that you don't necessarily believe in. They can't do that. They can tell you, Yahoo can say, hey, we need you to go to this meeting and you have to fly and obey the rules. We need you to be there by 9 a.m. You have to do all that shit. You can't say, no, I don't want to obey the rules because it's a private business. If they start making you pray before the meeting, you can sue them if they fire you for that. You're like, hey, dude, that's not my religion. I don't agree with this. This is kind of what's happening with the NFL. They, they can make Kaepernick go, but everyone's like, oh, well, follow the rule. That's the rule. What is your job? You don't just disobey the rules. But when you start to like make someone pray or say, oh, you can't protest the state or you have to stand during the national song, you're now infringing on their rights as an American citizen, not as an employee. So you see how they've opened that can of worms. So sure. that's my view. Sure. The NFL did the shit. Obviously, and what about their solution? And I people, mean, what about what? What about the solution that they've come up with? Or I mean, they think it's a solution. I mean, what? what I mean, what? What do you think of the specifics of what the, 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 What's going to happen this year? What, what I think they should do is they should force the players to stand at gunpoint, and if anyone kneels, then right when they say "land of the free," when they sing that verse, they execute them because then it would show. Exactly what they're all about. Yeah, it's a real man tweet free, boom. And it would, just, it would just be a perfect example of how much you need to obey the anthem in the land of the free, lest you get murdered by a private corporation expropriating the anthem for marketing purposes. To me, that's the did solution. A real, did a real man tweet that, actually? A real man did tweet that. That's what you do. One of your other tweets actually did confuse me. I thought you were saying that the, the song itself wasn't patriotic or something. Oh, uh, yeah, it was a little ambiguous the way I said I said yeah. I said it's not patriotic, meaning the NFL, it. I, I, yeah, right, right. Song, yeah. But to me, the song isn't especially patriotic either. First of all, it's not a very That's good fun. tune. America the Beautiful is a better tune. Second of all, look, patriotic to me is American values. Obeying the fucking song or honoring the symbols... That doesn't, make me feel, that doesn't make me feel patriotic. That makes me feel obedient. And the whole thing about a free country is you're free not to be obedient. If you really want to respect the country, speak up. Don't be a coward, in my opinion. Singing the song doesn't make you patriotic. You can sing the song if you like it. If it means something to you, fine. That's also within sure. your rights. But sure. do, do the shit that you think is right. And, you know, that, I think that's supposedly the, the message. Yeah, no, sure. It just seems like uh, this this decision is going to bring out more problems and people even matter to me. I mean, but they opened a can of worms. You know, the the thing is, they they use this marketing technique and it worked, and now they're dealing with the consequences of trying to expropriate, you know, whatever the word is, trying to co-opt the you know the flag and the anthem for marketing purposes. Now you got a problem. There legitimate protests against the country, which people in the country are allowed to do in a free society are now against the rules. And the problem for the NFL is, here's the problem for them. If they say, no, it's not against the rules, it's a free country, if they just let him do it, then that marketing that they worked so hard to achieve, they spent money on, they they try to associate themselves with USA and military and the flag and the the song, is going to be negative. It's going to go in the other direction. It's going to be like, whoa, you associate yourself with this and let your players disrespect it at the same time? Now it's the negative marketing. Now you're anti-NFL. Do you understand? The NFL is basically fucked if, if they let this happen. What they really should do, I mean, and they'll never do it, is say, look, you know what? The NFL's a business, and this American flag stuff, we love America, blah, 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 but you know, the truth is, it's their right to dissent, and, and we don't want people disrespecting the flag on our watch, so 
we're just simply not going to play the song anymore. That's, that's the end of it. And you know what? Nobody gives a fuck. Nobody, would you not watch a game because the song? Everyone's like, get this song over with. Get this fucking song over with. I've heard this 10 million times. Get it over with, and let's get the game going. Do you like the song? No, I don't like the song, no. Do you like waiting an extra three minutes for the friggin' song to end so the game can start? No, I don't think anyone really enjoys that, no. <laughs> no, it's just, it's just, look, it's just marketing, man. It's just marketing. Anybody, any person, you know, we have the internet now. You can listen to the song on the infinite loop in your house every fucking day if you want. There's no need to have it sung at the game. It's just a tradition now that's ingrained. I mean, there's no, there's no, right? But really. Yeah, there's a lot of traditions, you know, like that are, uh, that we've gotten rid of because they're not good. I understand. You're right. Yeah. I mean, yes. Human sacrifice you. was a tradition in some cultures. Maybe we I should bring you. that shit back. No, I hear you. Yeah, all I know about the NFL right now, and a more important note, is that in a dynasty league of mine, uh, I had a team that was out of contention last year, and I made a big trade. For Hunter Henry? Yes. So I'm very, <laughs> that's all I know about the NFL right now is uh, what a great move that was by me. Not, not pleased about that. Man, the Chargers look loaded, too. But, yeah, such a Chargers thing, already suffered injury. But uh, that, that's a blow. And uh, what else, Liz? Um, you've been cooking sous vide? Yeah, I sent you some uh, articles on it. You're impressed. I'm, I take. I didn't see the articles, but I did Google it, and I understand what it is now. I understand what you mean. You just put the shit in a bag and like keep the temperature constant, and it and it will heat the middle of the steak or whatever you're cooking to the proper temperature. I understand what it is now. Okay. Um, I'm not really, I'm not really down with. It. I don't need it, man. I've I've right. very good, you know, skills. Where I can. Estimate I do need it. it. I do need it. I'm and a I terrible just, chef. I don't think the plastic bag is that good. You know, like. Plastic is not the thing you really want to be cooking in. Yeah, I don't think that's a, a big deal for how it's being cooked, but uh, you might be right. Who knows? Maybe I'll be, um, I'm slowly killing myself. But it is good for someone who doesn't know what they're doing, like myself. And uh, I did send you a couple specific columns. Uh, or if you, if you Google it, I'm sure you get the gist. I, but, all right, okay. I understand what it is. Right. I totally understand what it is now. I watched a okay. video of it. Some nutless okay. monkey chef was doing it. Yeah, yeah I got it. Like I it was it. like the most important thing ever. Yeah, I know some baller probably who knows what he's doing. Oh, that guy sounds woke. All right, um, all right, you, all right. Let's move on to something else. What about baseball or something? Yeah, well, uh, don't even talk any baseball. I, I'm so, beating you in the beat Chris List, List league. Uh, friends and family, you're a little bit ahead of me. Um, I don't know. It's kind of a boring time right now. There weren't any exciting things. Juan Soto actually is pretty cool. First yeah. pitch, you know, 19 oh, year old. That's pretty sick. Let me ask you this. Um, I made a trade in AL Tout. My AL Tout team is awesome. It's such a good team. I think we have a side bet on that. Tout versus Labor. Did we? Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. If you're looking for a credit card that fits your lifestyle, look no further. U.S. Bank has credit cards that make every day rewarding, no matter what you're into. Feeling hungry? Check out the U.S. Bank Altitude Go Visa Signature Card. Earn four times points on takeout, food delivery, and dining. And get two times points at gas stations, grocery stores, and on streaming. That'll keep your wallet and your mouth full. Big spender? The U.S. Bank Visa Platinum Card has a low intro APR for large purchases or balance transfers. And you call the shots with the U.S. Bank Cash Plus Visa Signature Card. Choose two categories each quarter. Earn 5% back on your first $2,000 of eligible purchases from those categories. So don't just get a credit card. Get the right card to make every day more rewarding. Cash back, merchandise, travel rewards, and low intro APRs are waiting. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. The creditor and issuer of these cards is U.S. Bank National Association, pursuant to a license from Visa USA, Inc., and the cards are available to United States residents only. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Uh, Maybe there's my tout. I think we do somewhere. 
Right. Yeah, I think labor, I, I might be in last in labor, actually. Okay. Yeah, so. your team's fucking terrible. But, you don't know my... Well, at Kershaw, of course, NL only, um, so, so that helped. I, I, I've got Kluber and Sale in that league, and then I had three other starters. I got Erod, Andrew Heaney, both of whom were on the DL. I had like half my team on the DL that I drafted, and right. uh, Tyler Skaggs. Those are my pitchers in AL only. Kluber, right. Sale, and those three, and yeah. then Davinsky and a couple other guys. And, uh, but I spent, you know, by far the most on pitching. I didn't get a closer, but I got Nate Jones. Okay. So he's getting saves now. And I got right. Stanton, Buxton and Bregman as my three big bats, but Stanton and Bregman are starting to wake up and Buxton's back. And I've got Gliber Torres for like two bucks. And I got, um, Dustin Pedroia for like two bucks. Who's coming back this week. And I got <laughs> Yuli Gurriel who came back and I got like, um, I picked up Mark Canna who's been good. And that team's now in fourth or tied for third or fourth. I think. Tied for third, and it's um, you know still way back in all the offensive categories and first in all the pitching. Torres, offensive. what a beast! Torres, man. Oh, what a beast! Right, <laughs> and so I'm like, but like my offense is really good. It's just behind because I I you know didn't have these guys for a whole month basically, and they were terrible. So like it's gonna catch up unless they get hurt. And I just made a trade though, so I traded. Let, let me ask you this: so Glenn and Rick, they needed a pitcher. They offered. They said, "I'll." I, that's a long story, but I was complaining because Rick got. Uh, Vlad Guerrero Jr. for a buck. And I was so pissed because I checked earlier in the year and, he, and somebody owned him and I just assumed nobody dropped him. And in that, in that format, you really can't see the minor leaguers unless you specifically look for an individual one. So I just didn't look for him. So I was complaining so much that he offered me a trade. He offered me his, my choice of Eduardo Rodriguez or uh, Heaney for Vlad Guerrero. And you know, I, I need a little, you know, I need the hitting more than the pitching. Would you have done that if you're me? I know what you're saying in this ale only that those guys are so valuable. Heaney and, and Erod. Um, I love Heaney, but he's had such an injury history. Well, they both, um, I probably would trade Heaney. I probably just let him pick. And I, I, I did. That's why I said you yeah. pick. And he took, oh, Erod. Really? yeah, I said yeah. you pick. Yeah. Cause I like that. You know, when I'm, when I can't decide, I'll let the other That's guy right. make the mistake. That was no, it's a nutless monkey yeah. move. Real man just picks, but I'm like, you pick, yeah. right? Oh, yeah. So, I do every time. Yeah. I like that. I, I mean, obviously if you think that they're similar, but yes. Uh, so, um, interesting. Yeah, I like it. I would have done that. Dude, so. I got Vlad Guerrero. Do you know how good Vlad Guerrero is? <laughs> Ridiculous. That dude, it's yeah. just a matter. He's going to come up. I mean, you can't be, hit, be hitting like 430 in the ma- in minors and stay down there. They'll move yeah, down to DH or whatever. Yeah. And uh, he's going he's gonna to rake right away, in my opinion. He's just going to rake right out of the gate. He's just going to crush. And no, they'll... They'll that? find room for him. It's ridiculous what he's doing at his age. It's yeah. crazy. Who cares? Yeah, no, he's going nuts. He went even nuts over the weekend like a doubleheader. He, he's that he'll be a fun the walk-off home run. That's what yeah. sealed the deal for me. I was like, I don't know. He's still in the minors, but I'm like, fuck it. I don't care. Would you, you like that trade? Am oh I yeah, sure? yeah. And I would have done exactly what you said. Actually, I, I said, you know, I feel I, I find those two pitchers similar enough that I would have said you choose actually. Yeah. So Vlad the week before offered me Jed Lowry for Skaggs or probably Erod. or Erod. You definitely want Vlad Guerrero over Jed Lowry rest of the season. Yeah, right? but that is on base, right? Yeah, and and no, no, Lowry to date has been like a top twenty player in the AL. But yeah, we're not talking about bank stats. I don't get to get yeah, those uh, bank stats. It's a legit offer, though. It's definitely a fair offer. Oh, a but fair sure, offer. you got to go. Vlad. Yeah, you got to go Vlad. Lowry's has his problems, injuries too. So yeah, go Vlad. I mean, he's going to be so fun. I mean, yeah. I mean, come we'll on. see. I could get screwed, but to me, come on. That dude could be yeah. – look at all these guys who get called up, like Trey Turner. I know the stolen base guys are the easiest guys to make an impact, right. and Vlad is not a stolen base guy. But uh, I don't want people to confuse. Vlad Sedler offered me the trade. Vlad Guerrero uh, yes, is the yes. guy I received from Rick and Glenn in the subsequent trade. 
I, I caught it. But good, yes, yeah. good, good clarification. But yeah. yeah, but how many players uh, do what he's done as a 19-year-old also? No, you know, I mean, no none. So, so, yeah. So, yeah. no, that's sick. I, I like it a lot. So that's good. So, yeah. Well, congratulations. That sounds like a good team. Uh, how much money are you going to win for that league? Uh, I'm going to win a little on side bets. I think one from you. I think we have a labor one yes. versus that. And I'm giving you, I'm just giving you our time. It's a good, it's good to, to win tout. That's good. I, I'm I embarrassed. Mean, I'm far from winning it. I mean, I need to, I'm in fourth place and I've got to, I'm still like, there's like a gap. I got from like ones in all the hitting categories to fours right now. And then there's a big gap in all it's the, it's weirdly from four to five. That's like, there's a jump, but I'm starting to close that gap. And then once I get into the pack, I'm going to start ascending rapidly. This is before having Vlad. This is before right. having Pedroia. This is an A only league. It's just right. Torres. And Stanton yeah, yeah. and Gaddis was so terrible to start the year. All these guys just are starting to hit. J.D. Davis up. Gaddis might be bench player now. I don't know, now. man. Gaddis has been hitting the last few games. Has he been hitting the last up. few games? Yeah. It's funny that everyone thought that uh, Didi, uh, the, the future, uh, the, the heir apparent to, to Jeter was found. Well, they might have been found on, on the roster, but it might be Torres, man. He's He looks legit. Well, no. Didi Gregorius is you know, he's been he's better than Jeter, you know? He's been slumping pretty bad since that hot start. He's but, slumping. Uh, yeah. He's slumping. But I mean, way, he's been good for three years. Yeah, I know. No, no, he's good. The, the team's loaded. Whatever. It's a great problem. Maybe they have two air appearance. But, but yeah, they're, 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 they're absolutely loaded. My, my Phillies are not bad. I don't know if you've been following, but they're right. They're leading the wild card last I checked. Not, not the worst. I'm kind of fired up over that bet. Yeah, not bad. Our Puig Hoskins bet, though, was looking good for you, and it's taking a turn for the worse. Yeah, he's I really been you, man. I'm going to take the W. It was early in this year. Hoskins in April had like... He was yeah. killing it. And Jeff was asking me whether I was going to take the L on Hoskins. And I said, hell no, I'm not taking the L on Hoskins. Now I'm ready yeah. to take the W on Hoskins. They should send that dude oh. down. And Puig, Puig yeah. was so terrible in April. And Hoskins was I was going to say, you're taking the win on Puig then, huh? I think I'm taking not the win on where I paid for him because I got him like the fifth round. He's definitely still a huge loss. He's starting to hit, but he's a huge loss so far. But... What side of the bet would you rather have? Hoskins is still winning by a lot, by the way, over Puig. Yeah, no, I still want Hoskins. It's fine. I know his homers, the, the strikeouts have been higher, but yeah, uh, I still want rest of season Hoskins, yes. But I am acknowledging that he's slumping, striking out a so bit wait, more. We did 20 on that. You want to make it 40? You want to double down? You're, you're in the lead. Oh, yeah, sure. Right, You'll 40. get him ahead. 40. Oh, okay. All right. Let's make yeah. it 40. Okay. Okay. Done. Double it. Okay. All right. Yeah, that Dodgers team's interesting. They might get healthy and just go crazy. I mean, Turner's they're gonna win, back. They're, they're going to win their division. I hate it because I hate the Dodgers. Yeah, um, me too. Yeah. But I just think Kershaw's going to come back. Jansen's starting to, like, round into form. Puig is starting to hit. Justin Turner's back. Yeah, they yeah. lost Seager, which was big. But, there's you know, Arizona's falling apart. There's nobody good in that division. The Giants actually have a chance in that division, you know, if Mad Bum and Cueto come back. Mad Bum and Cueto come back. Yeah, it's possible. Mac Williamson looked like a possible breakout guy, yep. too, and he's coming back. So, yeah, I'd still, I'd, I'd still bet my money on the Dodgers for sure. Yeah. The, uh, it's crazy, man. Like, Jeff, people like Jeff Samarja this year. That dude is fucking terrible. He was terrible last year. I was really surprised where he was ranked mostly. I mean, don't get me wrong. My rankings, I'm not saying they were great, but people love the FIP with him. And I watched him as a Giants guy in the years before. I don't know. I'm just not surprised he's given up a ton of homers, whatever. He's, he's not very good. Well, no, he's also you know, walking guys and not, he's like totally falling. Right, he's collapsed. Right. I know last year everyone loved him because the K to walk ratio was out of control. So assume it was just bad luck. I get it. So yeah, this year's peripherals, I'm sure have regressed. So that's the part that regressed. Not the homers was the right, peripheral. Right. Yeah, homers. exactly. Well, he lost two miles per hour. He's just not himself. He's he may be toast. One thing he'll give you is he never hits the DL. But uh, if they're if they're two hundred well, DL hit the DL this year with the chest thing. Right, they, everybody's been hurt on that team. I know everyone. So yeah, know. you know it's really good. I was just watching those Walker Bueller speaking of the Dodgers. That dude's sick, man. His, his fastball is really good. He they just always come up with 
just seemingly their the farm system. It's it's well, great that the Dodgers have all this money, but man, they just seemingly have well, a really good. How about the scout. Cardinals? They got this yeah. guy. Miles uh, Michaelis, that guy is. Well, that, well, he came. Well, he came over from Vinny Goddard in Japan. But yeah, yeah but they, yeah. they no, found I know, him. So cheap, like two years, sixteen million right. or something. So they got it's him, so and then they got Alex Flaherty, who just struck out like thirteen, and they got uh, what's his name? Um, Alex Reyes. Alex Reyes Alex. coming up soon. Yeah. No, Luke Weaver is like their worst. He's like their sixth starter or something. And they got yeah, they got Waka and Martinez. Like, there's really no room for Luke Weaver if all those guys are healthy. Yeah. Yeah, it's organizational. So, so yeah, it's 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 it's, it's really good. What were you going to say? I, I cut you off. I was going to say a couple things. One is um, I don't want to get too much into it because we talked about it, but like how this year we're back to ten years ago, where it's the pitching that's coming out of the woodwork. Like there's just so many aces out of nowhere. I'm so pissed that I have no Cole and no Verlander. I mean, those guys are just so crazy. Or and no Morton. None of those three. Those guys are just such difference makers. But there's so many guys coming up and just crushing from the pitching side and it's time to stream pitching again that whole idea of oh i'm going to use the dellen batansis and andrew millers you know in these leagues no way you can't there's just too many strikeouts coming from the starters and then uh the other thing was that deadspin article you sent me about running backs about first the guy mocked uh the saquon barkley pick and then he went back and was like actually teams are no longer doing that you know one back one tight end three receiver where the base defense is a nickel defense. Right. And, and so now if you have a base defense as a nickel defense, then obviously attacking it with like running backs who kind of break tackles and that you know, extra cornerback isn't doing much. You know, I, I don't know if the defenses are going to start drafting more like coverage linebackers or something you know, who can yes, also tackle. Yes, that is going that way. Yes, that is yeah. going that way. The hybrid linebacker that covers more is going that way. More. Because yes. if, if they're you know, going to uh, run all these backs out into roots, you need a guy who can like both tackle them at the line of scrimmage if they hand it to him or run with them. Yeah. Guess, guess who uh, used to not allocate uh, any resources whatsoever to the running back position, but has quietly done a lot more of the last three, four years, the Patriots. Right. Of course. And they're throwing to them a lot. So this is not necessarily the dumb football guy right. running backs decisions here. Right. And, and I love all the analytics thing being like football running backs don't dull it yards per target, net yards per whatever. It's like, dude, you can look at how football was four years ago or five years ago. This shit's changing quickly. I think I was talking to Jeff about this on the XM show that it's changing more quickly every year because the amount right. of data that we can get from StatCast and all the shit comes out and they have that shit for that week. They have the data. They'll just be like, okay, we see, we see all the shit we're doing and we immediately are going to change what we're doing. And then other teams are like, oh, every time they faced a team that did this, they switched it to this, so we're going to switch. But, you know, there's going to be the cat and mouse going on in-game almost, you know, because you're going to get the information and all the formations and all the, the number. Like, what, what are they mostly doing so quickly? So it's almost going to be like you can't say whether, well, this position is, you know, more valuable or that. It's, I mean, you can say, like, based on what happened in the last couple of years, but it may change within a single year. Look at, look at right. baseball. Like, I mean, a lot of this is probably the ball is probably different, but, like, the macro environment in baseball has changed so much in the last four or five years. It was a pitchers, it was a pitchers game. The runs were down, and suddenly it was this crazy home run binge. Now the pitchers are ascending again, and there's so many strikeouts. It's like it's changing under our feet, you know. And and look at football. Like it was wide receivers. You had to get three wide receivers. It was crazy not to get them. And then it was like, oh, now the running backs are ascending. I still think like you got to go heavy running back this year, though. Oh, for sure. Fantasy. So the problem I'm coming across, not much of a problem. I was curious how you would respond to this is uh, people who argue and it's, it's pretty much unanimous that the Giants were dumb drafting Saquon Barkley 
um, is there. They, they've even posited kind of the, the, the scenario in which he puts up 1,600, 17 yards and whatever double digit touchdowns and, and Manning's horrible. And it's like that's still not a win, but the, the GM will, will kind of say that it is. So how do you win? Because you're because even you as a giant fan who's saying I'm on board with this, you, you don't really expect Manning to to suddenly be good this year. Do you get what I'm saying? So how can you I do? Possibly I do. I expect him to be not good, right. like not real life good. But, like, is Manning better than Nick Foles? Probably not. But before last year, as bad as Manning was, you might have said, nah, they're both, like, about the same. They're both, like, backup-level QBs. Case Keenum, is Manning better than Case Keenum heading into last year? I think most people would have said yes. So I guess what I was saying, though, is I guess Barkley could be the right pick and Manning still could be done or those teams, you know, mutually exclusive because there were quarterbacks available. You know what I mean? I guess what I'm saying. So but you are saying you think that just opening up and the addition of him and, and you think and, and Manning I think Schirmer, I think Schirmer is the guy. I think uh, Bar- obviously Beckham coming back is huge. You got Evan Ingram in the second year and now not just being the only guy. Sterling Shepard looks like a quality receiver. You got a new offensive you know, you know, I thought of you about Shermer because I read a quote from him the other day and he was talking about someone champing at the bit. And I'm like, wow, most people think it's chomping at the bit. And he right. got that right. That's one of those real, really weird, quirky things. I'm like, just kind of not to say that I'm smart because I know that, but I am going to say that it, it kind of made me think that he was smart, that, that yeah. he would know that weird thing, champing at the bit. So I thought of you to, to chalk up another one, the, the team Shermer. Yeah. You know, Pianowski pointed out on the radio show, he was not only the guy who got Case Keenum to have a really good year last year with Adam Thielen and Stephon Diggs, but he also uh, was the guy who was the offensive coordinator during Nick Foles' crazy season. 27-2, and two, right? Yeah. 27-2. Yeah, I mean, so, like, he knows how to put together a system that works. Okay. And Eli yeah. sucks, but, like, okay, Eli's so not... What, what, what do you think is uh, over-under YPA this year, Eli? Eli? I'll say 7.25, something like that, 7.3. Not a very high bar. Okay, all right. So you're not expecting that. Well, I, mean, I know the average awful. is like seven point one. So I mean, you know, in today's in today's NFL, is the average seven point one? Yeah, seven point one. Eli's okay. been a below average QB for five years. I'm saying he's like You'll a get standard deviation above average or something. You know? Okay. It's, all right. No, I mean, okay. I don't want to sit, go crazy on it, but I think that he'll be able to execute the system. The line will be better. The weapons that he has are going to be amazing. He's going to be in uh, hitters counts all the time. He's going to be second and four, you know, third and three. He's going to have a lot. Of, he's not going to be like uh, under assault. It, the play calling is going to be way less predictable. The defenses won't be able to read it as well. It's going to be really good. I mean, Odell Beckham to me is, is arguably the best receiver in NFL history on a per, you know, per snap basis. I mean, really, it's, he played with Eli Manning in shitty weather conditions Outdoors, and, missed, yeah. and missed four games you know, his rookie year and, and is still like the most ridiculous, you know, start to a career ever. He may be the best receiver of all time. I mean, you know, Rice was great, but he just played forever and he had Montana and Young and Bill Walsh. I mean, you know, this is the McAdoo, Coughlin, Eli Manning giant. This may be the greatest receiver of all time. You have a running back that's a generational talent, supposedly, and running backs are at their peak right when they get to the league. You've got a year two tight end who was a first round pick who runs a 4-4. And you got a second-round receiver who looked competent last year. And you have a revamped offensive line and a good system. I mean, it's never going to get better than this. Right, okay. Now, that makes sense. Uh, I actually would have guessed the, the league-wide uh, average uh, YPA was a little higher. So if that is true, yep. then that makes sense. You are taking a pretty big jump there. Okay, so it would need Manning would need to be semi-successful for you to consider that pick uh, a success. No, not really, because uh, let's see what the other quarterbacks do. I mean, the other thing he said was, you know, Baker Mayfield was gone, so you can't count him. So you count Darnold. Josh Allen, Josh Rosen, they weren't thinking of taking Lamar Jackson. So it's just, you know, look at those other three QBs. 
and who the Giants get next year. You right. know, I mean, they could move right. on to the position next year. So, right. You know. Let's say they get, you know, I mean, right. If they're really bad, then they'll get a high pick. If they're good, then it vindicates them. And it's not like Barkley disappears. You know, yes, there's, no. there, there, there are other arguments shorter for, for running back, but still. Yeah, their other, their other argument was, well, they should have traded down, you know, because right. the value of the pick, you can't take a running back at two. You could have traded down to five or gotten a, a, you know, a second round pick and thrown in or something or a third rounder and maybe still got Barkley. I think the answer, to the retort to that is they love Barkley. They thought he was a generational back. Right. You know, it's like, oh, well, just trade down and get whoever there. That's basically a nutless right. monkey thing to say, because it's, what it's saying is whether you like the player does not matter at all. What matters is value. So if at five, he's there, great. If he's not there, well, you'll get a defensive end or whatever, right? No big deal. But the thing is, like, why are you a GM then? Why don't you just have an algorithm fucking pick for you? Who you like doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if this is the person that you're settled on that you really think is the best player in the draft. It just matters what's there at value. Again, why not just go historically by draft value and have the computer pick? A lot of them would say, you should do that. You would, you would be better. But then why would you want the job as a GM? To set up an algorithm? Yeah. Uh, you see what I'm saying? I mean, there's, there's, yeah, there, I is there no role for scouting and eyeball and saying, hey, this, in my experience, this is the guy I like. And they say, well, you know, over time, most GMs don't do very well. And so, you know, the Patriots learn that it's impossible to figure it out. So you just trade down and get as many picks as you can. Right? right. They didn't trade down from their, their pick. I get you get more from the second, you know, the second overall pick, but I'm not thinking that we're at the sort of the algorithm level intelligence that, oh, humans no longer should be GMs. I mean, that's the, their argument is humans shouldn't be GMs. You shouldn't right. care what you actually prefer. It's just an algorithm. And for, for you not to do what the algorithm says is a total fail. And it's like, okay, well, you can say that, but this is the guy whose job is on the line. This is the guy who's accountable for the pick. This is the guy with the skin in the game. Why don't you let him decide? I mean, it's sort of like saying he, sh- they're, they're saying it's arrogant. I mean, I, I, I saw it's arrogant for him to decide that for himself. Wait, it's yeah. his job. What do you mean? It's arrogant. It's his fucking job. It's your job. It's arrogant of you who doesn't have his job to say that he shouldn't even be allowed to make the pick that he's hired to make. I mean, it's just, it's amazing the the, the in, inversion of the logic. No, you could be right that the algorithm would do a better job long haul. And it might do a better job on average, but it might also never, it may on average do a better job, but it might also miss out on a generational player because it's never going to take the second pick. It's always going to trade the second pick down. So if, if you got, you know, Peyton Manning or, you know, whoever the first round pick, the generational first round pick is, the first overall, second overall pick is, it's always going to trade that guy. Maybe on average, that's what you should do, but maybe it also means that you miss out on some of the greatest players of all time. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, no, I just thought of you with that article because it was kind of backing what you've been arguing too. So I passed it along. Um, I have a couple of shows and a movie to recommend and I'll let you finish whatever you want to talk about. Um, first one is, uh, Cobra Kai. Were you, a were you a karate kid guy as a kid? Uh, I like the movie. You did like the movie? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, um, as crazy as it sounds, they did a reboot and it's just on YouTube and, uh, I thought it was absurd, but I heard good things and someone I respected said, watch it. And, uh, I, uh, I binged it in two days, uh, 10 episodes, and it's uh, got just enough silly, but it knows it is, and it's actually legitimately funny, and um, I do recommend that. The other one's uh, two more. Wild Wild Country is this crazy documentary on Netflix about this uh, this cult in like the 70s and 80s. Oh, yeah, and this, Heather watched that. I watched some of it. 
Dude, it's a weird time frame in America that I just had no idea existed. Yeah, and, yeah. and the woman, the main, the star of the uh, star, whatever, is like still alive and gives an interview. So, so Heather, did she like it? She liked it. Uh, I was looking at it. I was like, I, you know, some of those documentaries, they're too redundant documentaries. Like they, they're just the same shit from more and more people saying the same thing. But she liked it, yeah. I thought it was interesting. Um, it it might have been an episode or two too long. But and then the third one, if you're not for serious and want more lowbrow, I watched a movie called Brawl in Cell Block 99. It's with uh-huh. Vince Vaughn. It came out a year ago. And the same writer-director as Bone Tomahawk, which is a good violent movie. This is like a, one of those noir movies, and it lives up to what you'd think a movie named like that. And just Vince Vaughn, forgetting the comedy act. Uh, this is what he should have been doing all along. Right. He's bigger than ever. He's just a badass. And if you want a popcorn movie for two hours of damn so good it's called again? Brawl in Cell Block 99. Bra- on, uh, okay, I'm down with yes, that. I'm telling you, dude. That's I'm what telling I need you. To be I think you have to get it on Amazon Prime, but you just want two hours of entertainment. Brawl in Cell Block 99. Right. Brawl in Cell Block 99. That, see, that's a good recommendation. A real man watches fucking Brawl in Cell Block 99 right. many times. <laughs> a real right, man okay. stars in uh, yeah. Brawl in Cell Block okay. 99 in his real life. That's his real okay. life experience. That's why I well, I'm putting my, my okay. stamp of approval and my reputation on that. On that, fi- it's more of a film actually, but I'm putting it on that. Okay. So uh, that's all I got for you. So, so what do you Netflix? got? Let's... I said I think I had to get it on Amazon Prime, but it uh, might be on Netflix as well. I'm not. I'm not we sure. Need a but VPN for that shit that's not working. Anyway, okay. So I got a couple for you. There is okay. a series. Did I mention this last week? There's a series on Netflix. It's called Dark, and but, it's a German show. You need subtitles, obviously, unless you speak German, and it is. It's kind of like, did you see Stranger Things? Yeah, yeah. Okay, it's Stranger Things meets the first True Detective, basically. So, remember the first True Detective? They're like going through this dark fucking mystery, and while they're doing it, they're kind of, it seems like they're going to tell you the meaning of all of existence while they're doing it. It's that crossed with Stranger Things, and it's good. It's very good. Okay, so my wife loved this show and told me I must watch it, and I tried to, and I'm an idiot, and I kind of tried to watch it in the background, and obviously everyone says watch it with subtitles because dubbing sounds horrible, and it's pretty difficult to watch it in the background while I try to work with subtitles. So right. I'm going to give it another. I got lost. and um, Yeah, yeah so you would understand what's going on. And, and, and yeah. also it's, it's confusing because all the people – I don't want to give it away, but right. you have to keep track of the people. Right. No, it. it's about kidnapping, right? Not really. It's not okay. really. No, don't don't tell anymore. I don't want to know anymore. Yeah. All I know is my wife really loved it. She's watched it, and now you're saying you yeah. you give it. It's good. okay. The I'll first couple are just okay. You got to like force through a little bit, but as you get deeper into it, you're like, oh shit, this is some crazy shit. No, that's one that when I put out my year end list, that people on Twitter are like, you need to put the, you know, you check yeah, out this. It's good. Check it's this. good. Right, and then and then I watched a few episodes. I know everyone knows this already, but Rick and Morty. I watched a few episodes. Oh, of yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's funny. That's really funny. No, that's really good. I'm I'm down with Rick and Morty too. Yeah, for sure. That's another one I learned from people when I put the year end list. They're like, why is this not on there? And I've since binged it in all three seasons and they just got renewed for like 70 more episodes. So I'm with you on Rick and Morty. Any politics? The last thing I want to say, and before we we're going going a little long is, um, our buddy Ted Bell has a podcast. Yeah. What it's called, but you can look him up. Ted Bell. Uh, Shared interest. Shared Shared interest. Okay. Yeah. And he did this kind of weird podcast where he has this kind of crazy narrative stuff and he puts in all this, uh, you know, all this sound and stuff in it. But he goes over the Mueller indictment of George Papadopoulos, one of the guys that was indicted that was part of Trump's campaign for working with Russia. And if you, haven't, if you haven't listened to it, it is a very persuasive case that it is so ridiculous. Like, it is, it is just, it's embarrassing. Like, it's sad, it's pathetic, and it's also like such a farce. 
I mean, again, he, you know, he's not like, it, it's like citizen journalism, I would say. And I have yep. read a lot of New York Times and a lot of different sources and different, you know, the right, the left, whatever. And for some reason, no outlet with a, with a serious following has like, they just throw this stuff around like, oh, well, now, now Papadopoulos is caught up in the thing and he's going to talk. When you realize what Ted Bell puts together, there's not, he has got nothing. There is nothing you'd say. And the shit he is charged with, you got you to gotta, you gotta listen to it. It's just so no, I totally crazy. Agree. I, I, I listen to it. I yeah. totally it, agree. You have it is to like so it. crazy. Like the fucking joke of a politics that we have. Dude, honestly, I'm sometimes like, turn off the fucking political Twitter. Don't ever fucking watch cable news. Listen to music. Watch good TV shows. Listen to interesting podcasts about things, life, sports. Follow sports. And just don't yeah, even called, fucking bother with the politics. It's called Shared Interest Podcast, and it's the latest one, Collusion. It's, right. it's called Collusion. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I recommend that. Me too. Okay. All right, man. That's all I got. I think we're good. Yeah. All right, man. All right Liz. Good, time. good times. And uh, yeah, talk to you next week, man. Take Later. it easy, Dalton. Later.